Welcome to Keeping Company with me, Ira Greenfeld, your safe space as we journey into the issues of today with courage, purpose, and hope. My name is Meira and I'm an identity strategist, attorney, trauma professional, social justice activist, and commentator. What do all these things have in common? I love guiding people to clarity, calm, and connection, where there's chaos and confusion, whether it's on social media, in workshops, or right here having coffee with you in our virtual cafe. I get inspired and curious about our differences and believe that they can evolve our thinking even as we hold on to our own identity. Everyone has a story to tell that reveals something about our humanity. My goal for this podcast is to promote critical thinking that helps us lean into compassion, connection and personal growth. Are you ready? Let's connect. Hello, this is Meira. Welcome to episode nine of Keeping Company, where I continue my discussion with my guest Christmas Presence. To recap, Christopher is an advocate for restorative justice, and he practices in the Bay Area. He started Therapists of Color for Social Justice, and he runs a number of BIPOC telehealth groups for adults and also seventh and eighth graders. He also has Asian Pacific American groups. These are all online, which is very convenient. In this episode, we continue to discuss decolonizing therapy and exploring ways to be human. We delved into intuitive ways that were part of ancestral history that are very liberating to BIPOC individuals and help them heal. Chris notes we are born with high sensitivities and then this dampens so that we're not overwhelmed. In many ways, so much of our existence is disavowed in, in so many contexts. We can't really talk about healing without first discussing what is even considered normal and how mainstream ideas of normal disavow the experience of so many. I opened the episode asking Chris how he might describe people who connect in ways that are beyond the use of words and follow their emotions. You know, th there are words we can reach out right now, but I would say that because it is this felt sense yeah. of resonance, then the the people that are identifiable in three dimensions or as many dimensions mm -hmm. as, as we have felt today on this call already, that that requires something that moves beyond language. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because it's another one of my words that I use. So, so, so I run through a bunch of them before I get fed up with them and I'm like, it's not that. That's why I'm constantly rebranding. <laughs> and I decided actually just to use my name. So my rebrand is actually my name because I thought whatever I'm looking at will be the thing. <laughs> so the concept will be my name. So that's what I've gone with. And, but multidimensional is one of the words that I used. It's funny because sometimes you do these exercises, you know, about like what, what I'm going to talk about. And mine spirals out to so many things. I'm talking about everything. The best word I've had is that my niche is being <laughs> or the word ontological. Those come closer the, cl the cl closer to what, what I'm getting at. But um, so I, I like the word for a while and then I'll be sort of disgusted. I'm thinking, oh no, it also concludes this, this and this and I'm not that. <laughs> and it limits. So that was just one thing. What are your thoughts on highly sensitive people or 
empaths. I'm not sure if that's as, those are synonyms. What are your thoughts on that? And some of the stuff we've been talking about. Do you have thoughts on it? Certainly. I think this immediately has me um, thinking also about uh, neurodiversity. But let, let's start here. In my belief that we all arrive with indescribable sensitivities into this world. And many of us become along the way dampened to those sensitivities. I, I do feel in the connections that I have made and in the people's nuance and the more that we get into these conversations of how do you human? Whoa, that's way different than me. Let's hear about that. That I can also remember points in my own experience growing up saying, I could continue to be sensitive like this, but it might tear me to pieces. Mm. I might be so overwhelmed and my soul would rend itself in two if I were to continue to leave this channel of awareness open for myself. So I am going to, for my own sake, for whatever I am choosing as parts of my identity and my personality, to close myself off to this, which feels too much in this experience. Mm -hmm. And that I, I notice with absolute regret and sadness and also forgiveness and gentleness, but it makes me want to go back and re-examine those pieces that I closed off to myself. Mm. The more I can open now, I know that I have greater resiliency, um, greater adaptability, and, and these pieces have already formed a certain means of my personality that you see here today. What if I were to open up all those other pieces? Mm. So I, I believe inherently that we are born with very high sensitivity. And then we are desensitized because we might be overwhelmed. As soon as we are birthed, if we go through uh, the traditional form of birth, what is it? Soft, wet, quiet to loud, cold, slapped on the butt, bright mm -hmm. light. I have to move my body and somehow start to feed myself in other ways. I had an umbilical cord. This was hooking me up with a lot of nutrients. Why do I have to do so much now? And I'm born. I, I was already born. I don't even know if I chose that. I was barely figuring that part out while I was, you know, more a liquid than a solid. And mm -hmm. now I have much more of this experience of gravity. And now my bones are forming. There's so much that it costs a young body. Mm -hmm. We, I think, through our own necessity for existence and survival, need to cut ourselves off from. The, the highly sensitive, I believe, are those that have left certain specific channels that society can recognize yeah. as, oh, that's sensitive. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I really want to speak into neurodiversity because there are still very significant populations of people that are open and aware and experiencing this world in ways in which society very much disavows, not support, and does not recognize. And that includes, you know, the ableness of body, the experience of being labeled as autistic or um, to have Asperger's or just, just so much of, of our natural human existence um, is still yet disavowed in many, many contexts. Yeah. So how do we recognize the failures of this current society 
in whatever micro relationships that we have human to human, as well as in the legal system uh, with how our own bodies are able to move. If, if I am um, only able to move through a wheelchair and I'm suddenly met with stairs, I am limited. Those basic pieces of how society can construct itself and also deconstruct itself uh, are the ways in which my humanity can move or be curtailed by. Again, I feel like, how did he get in my head? And this is so funny. If you see the description in my intro for this podcast, it's, uh, and I meant it, difference gets my attention because I want to know the ways in which we show up differently. I recently talked a lot and, and did a lot of work in that the anti-racism sphere. I'm not backing away from it, but it was always a subset of this general thing. And part of my thing is I, first of all, I wanted to show up in a timely way because people needed, and I wanted to get my voice in there with my form of healing, right? Because I felt that let me represent because that people might hear and that, that whole discussion is so limited. And sometimes it's the same players that turn up. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are we gonna have the same conversation again, which sort of goes nowhere. So I felt the need to, get ahead and be and I had to let my felt sense guide because I didn't really have a script or anything but it was more sort of like but now I don't want to turn up next year it was like now but the pandemic is now and all this stuff is now and and I think it wrenched people away from their familiarity because they're out of their routine so it allowed people to listen where they may not have listened to me before but my thing is is that I'm not I don't want to be the you know that's all I do <laughs> Because for me, it was a subset. It's about being human. And I feel that if you could come at it from this wider point that we're talking about, I think you could hear and sort some of that in a different way. But people want to enter here. And it gets stuck. They get stuck again. And so that's kind of like I'm feeling my way through that. And so my feeling right now is I want, I want to pan out. That's something I also use. Just sort of, I like, this is what I do. I pan out. I zoom in. I pan out. That's how I survive. And then you've got... And it's funny, I use this word uh, like three-dimensional too, only because I know three dimensions. There's, it's multi-dimensional really, because it's not just panning out and going in. I also just, you, you feel it too, right? Which I'm not sure where that is, you know, how that moves. But it's all those things that you say, movement and feeling, which are beyond the words. There's a wisdom to it all. It may not be linear, that's how you deal with things, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have wisdom. And yes, I'm going to curve back now to what you said before, that not just 17th century, it might be primordial, right? We're wired and built for it. Wisdom's not just this thing in our prefrontal lobe. And why are we even evaluating it that's more wise than the bit that comes from the felt sense? The felt sense part has been around a lot longer. And so one of the things that also fascinates me is um, we're talking about what is your orientation? Because there are certain languages that are not experienced the way English is, right? And I'm quite mixed, I'm also part Asian. And what is it when you think in characters? Don't think it's just like this literal translation, like that's the word for this and that's the word for that. No, I guess part of my thing is, is to really sort of communicate that people wake up and they see the world differently. And I think sometimes, particularly in America, they do this sort of literal thing and they think, they think they understand difference, but they did it all from a very limited framework and they did this sort of translation. And I think sometimes when you speak a different language, 
but a really different language. I'm not talking about another romantic language. I'm talking about like a, a completely different language. It's like the other part of the brain. The characters are different. The orientation is different. The culture is different. The whole way of looking at it is different. I think that's why sometimes you get, you already have that implanted in you that there's a completely different way sometimes of showing up and being human. But you only have a taste from the language. And I think there's even more than that. And you've brought up the whole thing about just different, even the words we use like limitation. How about I talk about capability and strength and capacity? And now it's not even like a negative. I think all of this that I've said goes into what the heck is normal? Because we keep acting like we're kind of starting there. We kind of know what that is. We're not even going to define it. But everything we've pretty much said, says <laughs> the very base understanding that we think we have, it, we don't actually necessarily agree on it. <laughs> so we're just talking, people talk and they say things. I'm not listening to what you and I, but people are having conversations all the time. And they think they know what they're talking about. <laughs> and my thing is that when I say even normal, it really is questionable what reality is. So these are the other words as well normal, truth, reality, that I don't know if people can really handle, that they're rather nebulous and there may not be such a thing. Because if you really reveal that to most people, it would knock them, they couldn't get up. They wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And I suppose my message to the world is that, no, no, no. And you and people like you and I have moved around a lot and stuff like that. We're, we adapt much more readily to that. It, it doesn't necessarily bother us because our sense of who we are is it's not stable, it still evolves, but that we, can put a, we kind of feel that. There's enough of a base there. We know that we're ourselves, even if 90% of what we woke up to changed. And so that's what I want us to be able to communicate in a way, how you can develop that sense of who you are, admit in a changing world, because you're built for it. You're actually built for it. It's in you. So I think it's an access problem but there's a heck of a lot blocking that access. <laughs> so it takes courage, it takes uh, many things, but I love some of the things that you talked about because you've dropped the language and I think it frees people up a bit. If you're saying, listen, because a lot of their fear is trapped in the language. If we remove that, I think we also remove a lot of the obstacles and it makes it easier for people to be and then they can express themselves so we can help them sort of grow that up a bit you know, without uh, some predetermined ideas, because they really didn't think about themselves as beings that moved, that responded to sound. And so they, they, they can't quite block it yet. And so I think you've tapped into that in a really wonderful way. My gosh, I just, I'm just, uh, it's almost like a good ice cream talking to you, but it's better than that. <laughs> nice, nice. It, it, I have it, never been described as such, but thank you for that. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I'm a girl who loves her ice cream. It's the highest compliment I could give you right now. Mm. Oh, he's giving me one for my money. I think I could put the ice cream down and just scoop that up. You're absorbing it in a way that's just, it's, it's um, words to me are coming to me like ambrosia. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds like it would be delicious. Do you know what I'm saying? And it would be golden and there'd be like light coming out. And, and it's just, it's, it's fulfilling. You know, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of at my time, but gosh, this was worth it. Can, can we do this again? We should just sit and just, you just go where you need to go. And then we've said something. You've actually given me a lot more focus and clarity. I do want us at some point to get to some of your activities. And I just want, I want a bunch of things. Let's get you out there. I'm a, the word that came to mind was a Hebrew word actually. It's called shliach. It's like messenger, <laughs> you know, a vehicle. That's what I feel 
that I'd like to be for you. And you're doing things in a different way. And I love that. Oh, I wanted to explain because I wanted to give you this. When I referred to the person of the 22nd century, I was th I had this sort of vibe of this is what therapy would look like. And that's why I said it's, I don't know if they're ready yet. It would probably take a hundred years to sort this out while they're fighting things. But in the future, the treatment plan would look so different because it wouldn't be a bunch of words. Do you see what I'm saying? And I just, right? It would be, it would, it would, it would the whole thing would look different. You would turn up and you wouldn't even know, you'd be absorbing the person. So I do it, but, but I don't have my little sound bowl, which I'm gonna get. You'd listen and you'd like, you'd reach for this or you'd reach for that. This is the thing, and I tell them right up front, I ask you what you'd like, and I tell my clients, but I'm, I'm not really listening. <laughs> I'm sort of half listening, but we're gonna do it, because I think it's ridiculous that I ask you what better might be like. You're not feeling it. <laughs> you just don't want this right now, so we need to clear that. We need to clear some of this block, and then we're going to check in with it as we go along, because it's a bit, it's, like you've got two hands tied behind your back, I put blinders on and I keep bashing in the head and they ask you what you want. Initially, you just want that to stop. So you give me some version of I want to stop hurting. So why am I asking about better that I have to define on a treatment plan by X date saying what? I'm asking somebody who's not fully functioning where they want to go. If they knew that, what the heck they need me for? So it's ridiculous. So I have, we can we do that, but I feel part of it is meaning, purpose, to form some sort of direction. And hopefully, because I'm, there's still, I can't do all of it, unfortunately. I tap into what it might feel like. And my, the best I do for clients, because I have to meet them where they're at, is you get up and you just, they just feel more on. You started turning some of the switches on, you know? But I have to say it many different ways, hoping that one will, ah, and then, because it's not something that's language. Going back to what you said initially, they block too much to begin. They desensitize too much to cope. So they're not, they don't know how to human. They don't know, they're not in their body. And I use that term loosely because your mind is also your body, right? But that felt sense bit, they, they, the ancestral part. My gosh, I know we haven't even touched on, you have like multiple intersecting identities, again, limiting language. You just fascinate me. I just, I could, this is so important. And again, now I'm back to my limited words. Oh my gosh, you're a gift. I can't wait to talk to you again. I feel a twin of sadness now. It is but a beginning. There will be more. I, I would love, uh, just as we're checking out then at minimum, uh, to begin as we began, or to end as we began. Um, my name is Christmas Presence. My given name is Christopher Michael Chu. And another given name of mine is Ji Dakfu, which in Cantonese means high virtue. That's just beautiful. Would you care, I'd, I'd love to hear any of your names, how you call yourself, especially because you're tying it to your brand, your yeah, we try and still try to figure out what that is. But my name Meira, it's my Hebrew name, and it means one who gives light. And that root of that name it's, is is or, which is light, which resonates with me. My my given name is Tanya, which also means in Hebrew gift from God. So I just find that a little interesting. And you know, sometimes you feel like I've always lived with this sort of sense of it's been predestined. 
but it's still something I'm going to. And I feel like in my life, I want to, I want to, I'm curious. And I want to know more about this thing called human. I want to know about psychic phenomenon, which I've had in my family, which, you know, I've always sort of downplayed because being part English, like you, that sounds too odd. You just kind of wear, but I know it's a part of knowing and felt sense. And I want to know what the heck is that? I know it's connected this thing, but I want to know because I think funny enough, when you know some of these things, they're not so mysterious. It's just, Oh yes, that makes sense now. But this mystery bit keeps us from knowing it, you know, and Oh, let's not, Oh, you know, don't. and I'm like, no, I, I think it's okay. <laughs> All of it. All, All of these things. Thank you for uh, your time and the honor that you have a client, but I look forward to more. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. All right, take care. We'll talk again. Take care, Nigeria. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Keeping Company with My Era. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review in the iTunes store or share a comment below to let us know how you enjoyed the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Catch you next week. And don't forget to pause, slow down, and remember who you are and where you're at. Bye.